Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Good to be back in Midland. The scripture reading today comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. It's Matthew 9, verses 27 through 31. And this is what it says. I'm reading from the New King James Version. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came into him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all the country. Okay, encounter with Jesus. There are many people who had an encounter with Jesus while he walked here upon this earth. But there was one Saturday December the 10th this month, I don't know what year was that, but it was caught on a camera that an employee in Minnesota, Minnesota took off her shoes and gave it to a person. She saw him earlier going through the trash looking for something that he could put on his feet. And what he found was some smaller boxes. And so somehow he strapped the boxes around his legs. And this lady saw it, and the first thing she did is she took off her shoes and went out there in her stockings and handed him her shoes. And it wasn't just any pair of shoes. It was Air Jordan, very expensive shoes. What goes through our mind when we see or encounter a person in need? Especially in this time of many years that there are so many people that need help. Do you see a person when you look at them? Do you see them as God sees them? They're valued as a child of God. Or do we think perhaps maybe they're out to just scam us and take our money pretending something's wrong with them? But I want to tell you about a beggar and Mark. If you want to turn to the book of Mark, starting with chapter uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And this is what the sermon's about today. One eventful morning, a ragged person, he left a small dwelling, and slowly he made his way to the roadside. He had repeated the same act almost every day his adult life. Maybe even as a child, I don't know. His life work was to sit there beside the road the dusty road, and begging for coins. 
He couldn't work easily because he was disabled. What was his problem? He couldn't see. Mark 10, 46 says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. They were leaving the city and a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. He was sitting on the Jericho Road. Jesus was approaching Jericho. And this in Mark says he was leaving. He was approaching Jericho and he was entering Jericho. There were actually two Jerichos, the old and the new. And the new was, uh, they were two miles apart from each other. He was in one and was about to approach the other. The Old Testament Jericho was two miles north of the new Jericho, which was the capital for Herod the Great. And in that area also, Zacchaeus was there. He was the chief tax collector. So both Mark and Luke are correct. You can absolutely trust the Bible. They were just begging there. There were two of them. And they were just there every day begging for coins so they could get enough to supply their needs for the day. And Bartimaeus faced some difficulty for sure. We're going to look at five challenges that he faced. Number one, and first of all, he was blind. That would be a difficulty, wouldn't it? If you can't see, like Brenda's story, and you're reaching in the bag and you're trying to figure out what that is, because you can't see. When you can't see, the world is very dark, black, and you you just wish you could see, but you can't. And if you close your eyes and keep them closed, and just walk around your house at night and close your eyes, and you're going to bump into something, I'll guarantee it. But uh, some who have experienced a side effect from COVID, uh, they have had, some of them had a loss of sense or taste for a while. And that isn't, you know, extra good that you do that. A difficulty was in his environment. His environment was like bad. You ever hear, well, I don't want to go over on that side of Chicago. That's killings every day or this side of Midland or whatever. But uh, remember that Joshua cursed Jericho after its falls fell. And that accursed place was Barnabas' home. I don't know, but please notice that Jesus does go to accursed places. And he comes there to help anyone in need. Wherever you are and in need, Jesus will come by. What was another difficulty? His hereditary was bad. And how do we know that? 
in verse 46 there in Mark, it says, they call him Barnabas, Bar means son. He was the son of Timamus. What does that mean? Timamus means unclean. He was the son of an unclean father. You know, have you ever heard the saying, boy, Brenda is just like her mother, does the same things, you know, good or bad. But uh, uh, you're hereditary. If you go to the doctor, something's wrong with you, and then they want to know, well, what was your parents? What did they have? They have heart problems or strokes or whatever. So in one way, you're judged by your parents. He was poor. All beggars in Palestine were poor. And I was thinking, <clears throat> why are they all poor? Paul was a tent maker, we know. And there were silver makers. There were people that sell goods. Maybe they had a, a farm that they grew things on. I don't know, but there were a lot of people in that condition. So they depended on other people. Your freedoms are limited a lot if you have to depend on other people. Your choices wouldn't be very many. So Barnabas had a lot of strikes against him. But I want to tell you that Jesus can overcome any obstacle. Jesus can master your needs. Jesus can use our troubles to become a great blessing. Jesus Christ can do all things. And also in the Bible it says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. If you are down and out, you're going to have some difficulties. When I started at Eaton Corporation in 1964, the first thing I noticed is that there was a blind person working. What he was doing was, he, there were two types of lifters that go in an automobile. There were two types of them, and somehow two tubs got mixed together. And so that blind person would sit there in the chair, and there were two empty tubs on either side. And he would grab one, and he could tell the difference. Because some of the lifters have a groove around them, and some of them don't. So he would just be feeling those, this goes here, that goes there, you know. But I don't know all the jobs he had, but I do know that, that he was blind, and he had a friend that would bring him to work in the morning and take him home at night. So he depended on him. And I don't know whatever happened to him because then I got into a different plant. But uh, if you're down and out and the future looks dark, don't focus on your adversaries. Focus on Jesus Christ and all of his promises. I will be outlining seven resources that Barnabas had. Number one, he had an exceptionally ability to hear. 
Mark 10:47 says that his ears picked up the sound of something's coming. He couldn't see, so he didn't know what it was. But uh, it sounded like a group of people, many feet walking. And he th- knew it was a big crowd. He said, he's thinking to himself, perhaps I better get ready and be on my best behavior or whatever, because I may make some money here today. And resource number two, he can speak. You see how he can use his voice eagerly to ask what the great noise is about. Bystanders tell him that Jesus of Nazareth was coming that way, and there was a large crowd that following Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, there were always crowds following for him. He might have focused on asking for money, but he sensed something that he had been waiting for all his life. His sense that Jesus was nearby. Let me ask you a question. What would Jesus have stopped and given him 2020 vision if he did not ask? I myself doubt it. The reason we don't always have our needs met today is because we don't ask. You have to ask. We need to ask the Lord in prayer, and God wants his children to do that. In Luke eleven nine, he says, And I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. So that is the way to go about it. And resource four, he had persistence. Look at what the crowd does to him. The crowd tries to quiet him down. I mean, they're on the way to Jerusalem where they're going to try and anoint Jesus as king of that day. And they didn't have time for distractions interruptions that would save Jesus from having to deal with an interruption if they could talk the people into not paying attention to him. The crowd hated to hear Jesus being called the Son of God. They didn't like that, and so they tried to stop him. The crowd saw the man sitting by the, on the side of the road is unimportant. When you, what do you see when you look at other people? Maybe in the shopping mall, maybe walking in the mires or whatever. Do you ever stop to think about them? Oh, I wonder if they're a Christian or, you know. There are so many different people out in the world today, all kinds of people. Do you have compassion for all of them? Or just do you see potential in them? There are many people, you know, they got on good clothes, dirty clothes, all kinds of people are out there, but yet every one of them in us are a child of God. And when God looks at us, he looks on the heart. And if we're doing good, 
I believe he has a smile on his face. We should not be judging people by how they look or how they talk. Jesus looks at the heart at things that we may not see. The rebukes of the crowd only made blind Barnabas more persistent. We owe more than we realize to our opposition. He would not have been healed and saved if he had listened to the crowd. Beware of peer pressure and public opinion. They'll lead you away from Jesus. So Barnabas had a lot of strikes to get him. But I want to tell you that Jesus can overcome your obstacles. Jesus can meet your needs. Jesus can use your troubles to become a great blessing. Jesus can do all things. Jesus stopped there. Now imagine the creator of the universe stopping for a beggar. Stopping for the least of the least. That's what Jesus does. I will tell you that God always stops to answer our sincere cries of his suffering creation. He has time for you. He has a schedule for you. You know, you ever call up, well, let's just say Charter. You ever call up Charter and you want to do something and they put you on hold? And then you wait, and you wait, and you wait. Man, sometimes I've waited over an hour for them to answer the phone, but you don't want to hang it up because you're number five in line or whatever. But do you know that Jesus is never busy? His line is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Jeremiah 33, 3, I will answer thee and show thee great promises. So he's always there. And uh, the mystery of the God we serve is so great. You know, how can he be talking to me and somebody over in China he's talking to all at the same time? I, I don't know. It's a mystery. Someday if we get to heaven, I'm going to ask him how he does it. <laughs> uh, Perhaps you have heard God calling you to help lead someone to Jesus. And Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20 is the gospel request. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, or next month, maybe at that time that you would meet with somebody and through Bible studies and sharing your faith, that you would bring somebody to Jesus. You know, um, my wife and I used to do Bible studies together, and we never worried 
You know, they either accept what's presented to them or they don't. You know, the whole purpose is to give the Bible study and let the Holy Spirit do its work. Because many times he does. But anyways, uh, it's a privilege to look back and see how many people were baptized because of people's efforts. They looked at them as a child of God and not just of the world. Do you ever suppose that Jesus would ever walk that way again? I looked in the Bible to see if, if he did, and I couldn't find any place in the Bible where he passed by that way again. And if that was true, this was the first and the last opportunity for Barnabas to ask for his sight. You've got to make a decision where you can. You don't put off till tomorrow. Respond when the Holy Spirit is calling you. His fifth resource Barnabas had was that he could walk. He wasn't crippled. Some in the crowd said, get on your feet. He's calling your name. He was willing to stand up and be counted he came blindly to Jesus, walked by faith, because he couldn't see where he was going. Resource number six, he was a risk taker. Now, where do we get that from? From Mark 10, verse 50. Throwing his cloak, I'll say a coat, throwing his coat aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What did he do before he jumped to his feet? He threw his coat aside. And he threw it and just headed for Jesus. When Jesus spoke to him, he could hear where the voice was, and he headed that way. And the coat that he threw away was a mighty possession for him. He didn't have much of anything. And to throw your coat away and then just go out and weather like this and not have a coat. But you know what? He didn't worry about that. What he did is what we need to do. We need to give up all of our bad ways, surrender everything, our life, and come to Jesus. You have to empty yourself out of self-righteousness and gain Christ's righteousness. And sometimes we don't want to take a risk, but he took a risk when he threw that coat aside. If God didn't heal him, would he ever find that coat again? It's very, you know, doesn't look good that he would. Removing his coat enabled Jesus to get through to him and touch him. And until we are truthful and take off our mask, we can't be helped or healed. You'll never see the true light while hiding behind a cover. Covering. you got to be truthful with Jesus. 
you got to come to him out in the open. You've got to open yourself up to Jesus, and that's what he did. You know, not being able to see is, uh, we can be in the church for many years, and we can be spiritually blind, you know? And uh, sometimes going to church can turn into a habit, but it's having that personal relationship with Christ that when you come into his presence, every church in their sanctuary is holy ground. And that's where Jesus wants to meet with you. And so the, the others, you know, we pray for other people all the time and that they would see in the Bible or by word, whatever, that Jesus is giving them the opportunity to come and eventually to come into his kingdom and spend eternal life. All right? And the seventh resource that he had, this is the greatest resource of all. He had Jesus. Jesus was right there. And you may say, well, if Jesus was just 30 feet away from him, what a blessing that would be. Jesus is close to you. Jesus is close to you as he would to Barnabas. Mark ten fifty one. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Why did Jesus ask that question? He was blind. Because Jesus wanted him. He personally wanted him to ask for his needs, our needs to be met. Here he had the creator of the world standing right there, the God that owned everything. When you are in the presence of Jesus, ask for something of eternal value. You know, remember the rich young ruler? He didn't want to give up his possessions. We pray, we may pray for a new car or a new house or something that isn't going to last forever. But that's why it's important to ask God for his word, his eternal life, and stop praying for things that are going to rust and be gone. You know, you ever hear the same when somebody gets buried, <laughs> I want my car to go with me. This actually happened. You know, they bury the car and bury the person in the ground. And uh, because they are so caught up in self-righteousness that that's what happened. And we need God's righteousness. It's what we need. And look how strong and quick Jesus was to heal this poor man. Jesus ever lives to make decisions. In the great story, the things really touches my heart is there is the caring, there is the uh, unselfish, tender nature of our wonderful Savior. When we are fallen, he comes to lift us up. If we cry out to him, he will instantly come to us 
Jesus can't be near someone in need and do nothing to help that person. That's his nature. Jesus cannot be in the presence of someone crying out to him and do nothing. You know, like, be like Jesus. Your mission statement in life ought to be helpful to help others in need. James chapter 1 verse 27. Pure religion, undefiled before God, in the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You know, that's what Jesus is about. That's what we all need to be about. Blind Barnabas was led to Jesus, and Jesus touched him. Where did he, he touch him? You don't get that from the book of Mark, but you get that from other parallel versions. He touches him right on the eye. Have you ever let somebody touch your eye? That's where he touched him. He was touched by the creator of the whole universe, and he was healed. And permanent blindness is hard to heal. Yet Jesus cured this man instantly and totally, and not just physically, but he gave hope and he gave joy to this person. Jesus is the light of the world. Only Jesus can give spiritual eyesight. You know, I look forward to seeing Christ. Remember, Moses, he wanted to look at Christ, and all he saw was his backside. But one day, I was thinking this, how are I, our, our eyes going to turn you know, into something that we'll be able to look right straight at Jesus and the light from him won't kill us. I don't know. There's a lot of things you can think about. But um, we have five senses. Well, whether it's smell or taste or see or hear. Uh, sometimes we may lose one of those senses. You know, or part-time. How many people do you see wear hearing aids? And uh, it amazes me that God has provided something that helps us. Everybody that invented something, they all got that gift from God. And there are many things out there today that if you lost a leg, they can put a temporary leg on. And all of us in this world are suffering. In the hospital, when I was in the hospital there, everybody in the hospital has need for healing. You know? And I got to share some of that love of Jesus with them. Everybody don't want to hear it, but some people want to hear it. And when I left the first rehab, there was one girl, young lady there. She says, please, don't leave. You know, I says, well, I got to go. <laughs> and I'll tell you, we're lucky. We have Mid-Michigan Hospital here. And uh, 
I can't say anything bad about them. They're just wonderful people. And we have the opportunity as we reach out to others in the grocery store or walking down the street or whatever they are, always have a cheerful look on your face. Because if you've got a, you know, a sad look on your face or whatever, you're not going to cheer anybody up. But if there's a smile on your face, what are they going to do? You know? Yeah, they're going to be happy. And uh, so today, I am that blind man. We are the beggars. That's who we are. That's where we fit in this story. Someday we will see Jesus face to face. And you've got to cast off your garments of self-righteousness because nobody can come to Jesus with a self-righteousness. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It has to be laid aside, everything that hinders us, and fix our eyes on Jesus. And that's what he did. The seventh resource he had, he had Jesus right there. And you may say, well, Jesus, if he was 30 feet away from me, what a blessing that would be. Jesus is close to you, as close to you as he was to Barnabas. Mark 10, 51 says, what do you want me to do for you? Why did Jesus ask that question? He was blind. He didn't need to ask him that because Jesus wanted him and he personally wants each one of us to ask for our needs. It's up to us. If you ask Jesus for any prayer at all, you got to remember one thing I learned. you got to be the prayer according to his will. Jesus does many things, and some things he doesn't do through prayer. But we have to have faith, endure, and carry on Keep going down this pathway. Ask and you'll receive. Friends, when you are in the presence of Jesus for something of eternal value, we need to stop praying for permanent things and start praying for eternal things. Notice how Jesus was willing to heal the man. He didn't hesitate. See how rich in mercy our Savior is. All through the Bible, the Old and New Testament, Jesus was always with his people. As I said, we could be in spiritual darkness. We're all blind. 
Isaiah 59.10 says, Like the blind, we all grope along the wall, feeling our way, like men without eyes. We need to come to Jesus because he is the light. He is the light of the world. 1 Corinthians 15.52, we pretty much all know, at the coming of Jesus in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, in the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That's when this takes place. I want to be saved. I want to see Jesus and his thousands of angels coming with him in the clouds. What was Barnabas' greatest need? It was to see the light. He begged for light. Jesus is the light. If we are in the dark any time, we can look and see light coming from Jesus. Whatever happened to blind Barnabas, in Mark 10, 52, it says, Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road, and he kept following him. Go. He became a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower. Maybe he become a great leader in the church. I don't know what happened. It says he followed Jesus, and the way I read it, he followed and kept on following him. One day, a blind teenage girl had an operation. The day came when she was able to take the bandage off her eyes. And for the first time in her life, she could see. And the first person that she saw was her daddy. For the first time, his constant tenderness and care seemed real to her. His every look and motion were watched by those eyes with the keenest delight. He, if he caressed her or even looked upon her kindly, tears of gladness came to his eyes. Someday we will see this Jesus. Back in 1986, I heard of a woman named Rose Crawford who had been blind for 50 years, and she had a special surgery, eye surgery done in Ontario, Canada. And as the doctor lifted the bandages, she said, I can't believe it. She wept for joy when the first time in her life she saw a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color. The irony of this story is that the technique that he used, the doctor, had been perfected 20 years earlier. And she had lived on for 20 years more before somebody finally told her that she could go and have this operation. And uh, we may not be able to see everything right now, but if we join now, we spend precious years with him now. He longs to heal and restore us spiritually and everywhere. Now it says in the Bible, grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. And by faith, we walk.
and by daily devotion, we strengthen ourselves. And the more closer we come to God, we want, won't want to be worrying about everything else in this world. You know, I, I think the school shootings, all the different shootings that have taken place this last year, and I just think, what if those people didn't accept Jesus as their personal Savior in their life? And that's why when you receive a call to accept Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, you are guaranteed, if you stay in, in that faith, you will be in heaven one day. And it does happen. So many people have been killed and without any reason. But I always think, I wonder if they were close to Christ. Because we never know. We could go out here today and be driving home. Somebody hits us head on and we're killed. So I would encourage you that if you want a stronger relationship with God, pray to Him, ask Him for things, and He won't let you down. He'll give you what you need. Thank you. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.